Jesse, I saw you just went to a concert. I went to a three night in a row concert. Oh, oh wow. And I feel like I need to I'm sleep good. for another week. Yeah, one, I need to sleep for another week. How do you do three? You're just. You're you know, I don't know. And Asheville breeds a different type of person. Asheville, Asheville North, Carolina? North Carolina. Yeah. I like Asheville. It's yeah. a different, it's a unique area. Yeah, it's very different. It's one of my favorite places to go. That's so that's so polite. <laughs> it's very different. Bless their hearts over in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. Is there a particular genre that you prefer? You know, I'm not picky. I would listen to anything, but I went to Billy Strings, which is like a rock, bluegrass, country okay. type of thing. So he pulls in. Mike asked me the other day, he was like, are you like a deadhead? I was like, what does that mean? Like what? And he's like, no, like, you know, like the Grateful Dead, but like for Billy. And I was like, no. Interesting. So you like all types of music. I like all types of music. Okay, I like it. It depends on my mood or what I want to feel. Would you judge me if I said I was listening to Christmas music this morning? (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) See, I'll listen to Christmas music after Christmas, which makes no sense. But before Christmas, I'm like, I don't want it to end. I don't want it to end. But before I think I went to Starbucks this morning. They're like, they said something about their holiday, something as if I kind of knew, even though we're at Starbucks all the time. They're like, in two weeks, we get our red cups. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, great. That's exciting. What um breads are you having? Like, what's what's the bakery items changing? That's what I care about. Like, what do you have? They're like, oh, we got this. This is my, okay, Next. I'll be back. Let me get that thing. Yeah. That'd be good. But yeah. That's okay. Funny. All music. Yeah. But I'm, in- I'm all for ever since the pandemic. Just get the light. I mean, yeah, it, it's such a short period of time. Get the lights out now. Get, I mean, yeah. Put the tree the out time. with lights only and just do hang the decorations the day after Thanksgiving if you yeah. want to. I like the tree hanging out in the house. I'm not one of the people that would have it year round. Those people are crazy. If you're listening, I still think you're crazy. You have it <laughs> year round. Um, but for the time investment of hanging the lights outside, like let's just do it after Halloween. One of my girlfriends, her dad was an interior designer and then he retired and he loves Christmas. So he did like part-time like Christmas decorating and goes That's to fun. the market and stuff. Did you know people pay how much people pay per hour to have people come and decorate their tree? Oh, a he tree decorated interior like, tree, interior tree, like a, just a Christmas tree. You have to bring your own decorations and everything. Wow. $180 an hour. I'm and assuming these are people normally that are, five hours that are well off and they want like, a big giant tree that's perfection. Oh my gosh. I mean, a buddy of mine used to hang Christmas lights in this fancy neighborhood in Tallahassee when I went to school up there at Florida State. And he was busy from like Thanksgiving. He worked 12, 16 hours a day, just lights, lights. But that was when, I don't know if it's still popular. I feel like it, it definitely peaked when everyone was doing like the themed music and they wanted like it to be a show. That's what they did, all that. But it's like, mm-hmm. if ever a house does it, like no one really cares anymore because it's not interesting or unique. Yeah. At least to me, it's just like, oh, that's expected. Look, mm. it bounces around to music. Cute. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> grouchy on that, I guess. Who knows? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, when, especially when your kids get older, we don't stop at those anymore anyway. Right. Now no. that they're older. The standard race is like, you want like crazy, like stuff like Disney. You go to Disney, you see their Christmas lights. If you're able to make it down there. Do you all know what my favorite uh, genre is of sound. Let's hear um, it. Homes being sold. Oh, homes being right. sold. <laughs> Dad that joke done. Like? Let's get started. <laughs> Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 248. I'm Kevin Oakley and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake and Jesse Suggs. Howdy. It's nice to be here. Jesse, thank you for hopping on, representing all things online sales. We always love to have online sales members join us. You want to start us off with story time? Heck yeah. You know. First, thanks for having me. But I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about, what my story time would be today. And I just kept going back to how everything's going a little rogue. Like 
everything is going crazy. I'm over here dyeing my hair brown. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm raising chicken chicks from eggs in my house. Like yeah, I'm turning crazy. my carport into a garage. I'm making an office in there. I'm going to call it my garfist. Are you going to, are you going to get 12 dogs like your coworker? No, I can't do Diapers that. on them and everything too. <laughs> Hi, 12, Jen. Hi, 12 Jen. goats, baby. No, dogs are, they're hard to deal the goats, with. Goats, you but... could just, they take care of themselves, right? right? They eat every, they even, they help you. They clean the yard. That's that why I got them. Then yeah, I fell in love with them. But helpers. as we're turning our carport into a garage, like we went from a house, we moved almost a year ago, exactly today from a house, our kind of starter house. We didn't have a garage or a carport. It was just a driveway. And so we leveled up and got a carport and realized that wasn't it either. So we're turning it into a garage and we just reached out for a quote to epoxy the floor. I had no idea. Yeah. What the heck? $9,000 was what we were quoted. It's just like fancy squirrel patterns and like that vibe. Just like, just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like a, it's a so two or like, three part epoxy stuff and then flakes. Right. Yeah. So we we're just going to have concrete, um, but everyone's going crazy. Yeah. Like we had, you know, this is kind of my story time, but we had a builder stop construction on all their homes. We've had builders selling their homes at 0% profit margin. We have sales managers hiring OSCs without any type of like, introduction conversation with the sales team or the the online sales team. And then also kind of the rogue side of things as leads slow down is leads are turning back into the junk drawer a little bit. Like, okay, things are down here. Take on this task, take on this task, take on this task. And they're not able to like do all of the things that they're supposed to be doing. And so we're watching different things evolve in online sales that are interesting to see. And it's like, is it a market thing or is it a, an attention to detail yeah. thing? Well, first on the, on the floor coating, my, my dad did his in their house maybe nine years ago. It was a two car garage with some extra storage space around it. And it was like $1,700. <laughs> and we nice. got a quote for a three car garage. And I think the initial number that they threw out was 15 grand. Yep. And then they came down to, I think I talked about this in one of the story times, but they came down to like, I want to say it was nine or 10. It is, it, that's insanity, but insanity is here it is. and people are reacting to it. I Similar, but different. Someone that I know, um, they started going to um, get, get a master's level class in something and their employer kindly let them go to like one fourth of the workload that they typically would have while they were getting their master's and they were like, they were going to do some counseling on top of it and some other stuff. And then uh, this week she was talking to my wife and she's like, yeah, I just talked to my husband last night and I can't do it all. So I'm just going to quit my job entirely. (laughs) Wow. You know, it's just, everyone deals with all this uh, different ways, but I think a lot of people are still trying to figure out what normal means or looks like. And when it comes to reacting to a lack of sales, I can't, think off the top of my head, maybe like, you know, your spouse having an affair or like there, there's, there's only a couple of things that would make you act similarly as irrational <laughs> as not having sales volume at a home building company with inventory in particular, but it is counterintuitive because I hear this all the time. Well, they don't have as many leads. So I'm giving them all this other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that is when every yeah. lead is more important. Yeah. That's all they should be doing. That it's is like when, the opposite. Yeah. It's, it's when the the missed call rate needs to be zero. It's when they need more space to be able to do more outbound and, and nurturing. And just like we posted your reel today, Jesse, you know, making sure that the content is relevant, which means, I mean, you can, you can do online sales, follow up nurturing emails, but if you do them in one giant blast only, then you're not really, getting, getting the full potential out of it either in terms of segmenting that list. I'm in a lot of people's databases as like a test lead or a dummy lead as they're practicing. And this week I have gotten so many random e-blasts that have nothing to do with anything that I've never received before. Like they have not reached out to me in years. I feel like on average that is picking up for me as well. Oh yeah. I have unsubscribed from more emails in the last week. Definitely. Like random, not just home building, but like no. everything, yeah, right? Everything. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Everything. 
strange. Like some, something that I didn't buy, like I bought four years ago. I just got my first mass email I've ever gotten from that company. And I was like, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Yeah. Get on out of here. <laughs> my car dealership that I bought years ago, I don't know what it is about me, but I get the same car multiple times. Like I've had four different forerunners, but I first traded in my car, car, which was a focus. So right out of college, I bought this little focus and that traded it in for a forerunner, which by the way, I went through their online sales program, came in for an appointment to look at a used Highlander. They told me it had sold three weeks prior. I was like, I just talked to you last week. Like, so online sales is Mm. like kind of lacking in general outside of the industry. But aside from that, I get in there, they sell me a car. I sell it back to them. I buy another car. And then this week they're like, Hey, we would like to buy your 2017 poor runner. And I'm like, I sold that to you three and a half years ago. Like that is hilarious. Yeah. So they're, they're not even targeted either. So everybody's just grasping for straws right now. Yeah. It's, it's, really hard to be patient, um, which not everyone should be patient either. I mean, like I was talking to a builder today and they sold one home net last month. They had more sales than that, but a lot of cancellations as well. And so we're talking about things that they could do. And, and there's two different owners and the sales manager was there and we were coming up with some ideas of things we could try. And the initial reaction was, no, we're not going to do any of that stuff. Then I was like, but also, are you okay with having another flat month or like every month that you're not selling something, you don't have to make the change across the board, but why don't we try this in one particular neighborhood or with five or six homes? Because mm-hmm. the worst case scenario is you sell five or six homes and that means your inventory pile isn't getting larger. It's still slowly getting smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he was like, okay, yes, approved. Let's do all that stuff. But it is, it is a difficult time. And I think most people's initial reactions are bad ones. I think that's the, I think maybe that's the more fair way to say it. It's not just be patient and do nothing, but make, make sure that you're not just acting on the initial gut reaction and that you have the right people you can put bounce ideas off of. And, and again, that's the right people. I I have voices of other folks who are listening to my head saying, yeah, I'm never talking to my boss about that because I'm never going to get a good response or the right response in their mind. But yeah, that's true. that's true. Yeah. It's hard. We were talking to somebody and their cancellation rate for the last three months was over 50% um, of everything. And, yeah. you know, we were like, well, are those investors? Like, are they pulling mm-hmm. out because, and they said, no, yeah. essentially none of them. Yeah, well, it seems data. like it's transitioning outside of just investors to to a broader, but by market. So Ivy Zellman's team just came out with a report that the, or no, sorry, this was a Zonda report from Allie Wolf. That that according, according to their data, 60% of, there's an average of a 60% cancellation rate for all builders in Phoenix in October. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's, the good news and all of that, <laughs> I heard some, um, we were on the leadership call the other day with, with Mike and Jen and. Mike was saying some stats that really shocked me. He said there's three times the numbers of realtors than there are inventory homes right now, which means people are going to have to look at new construction, either building from the ground up to find what they want. So that's some good news. And then there's two times the number of agents now than there were in 2018, which is also good news to the online sales specialists because they likely have a larger database in their CRM to then reach out to who have their own CRM of leads. So there is some good in the ugly. Right? Yeah. Well, he, he, this yeah. is uh, Rick, who I believe is part of John Burns' team. He posted on Twitter that new homes represent 27% of all the for sale inventory, more than double the 13% historical average. So good news, bad news awesome. is that there's, you know, there's more builder inventory out there than we'd like there to be now. However, 27% of all the inventory is new construction and that's because there's not a lot of existing, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's also a good time for realtors to be paying attention to your messaging if you right. do it well. And they like phone calls and texts. Jen did this little survey and, and they're like, I don't read emails. If you need me and you want to no. get something to Imagine me, call or text me. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So many. So Andrew, many. what do you got? But again, I'll piggyback off your story there. We have the, actually when this is out, I think we'll be at the Market Proof Marketing Academy down here in Tampa. 
Florida. And one of my, so when we have, when we have these academies or courses, I think we think about the outcome of each individual, at least what I do, like, okay, what is this person going to get from this? I know everything we're teaching, all of it is extremely valuable and we could justify like the return on investment down to like, okay, if they, here's the cost, here's the ad spend, more efficiency, more clicks, you could just calculate it, right? I like math. There's a lot of comfort in the data. You're still in Excel. You're like, great. There's no emotions behind this. Here's, we could rationalize this decision, but it only matters if change is implemented. So that's like my fear really with all this, like, all right, you came in, you learned all this great stuff. Now you have to go home and implement and execute. There is going to be someone who's going to have some like, well, are you sure this is how we've done it before? Like, are you sure that's the way to do it? I mean, this is what we've done. It's like, well, you went to the academy or you went to whatever you did because there was pain of some sort. Like you feel right. like your ads are too expensive. You're not getting the results you want. So to keep doing what you have been doing while you made the investment to learn something better to do, it's like, what, what's going on here? What, what is the mental block? That's you talked about the counseling earlier. I'm like, does someone need counseling? And not in a bad way. That's like not a I negative, think that's a, negative uh, thing whatsoever. I think whatsoever. you just de designed a new, a new button for my soundboard, Andrew, new, which needs to be the Dr. Phil. How's this that is going? Dr. Phil. How's that going for you? How's that's that like his, one you? of his taglines. Which I don't even know. Are we allowed to talk about him? Did, I feel like he did something bad. He, I don't he's know. A bad I think now, he's but. a fake psychologist or something, right? I don't know. He embarrasses people for views. That's that was his. You know, what? someone would be defending why they are continuing to act or behave a certain way, and he would just be like, "How's that going for you? How's that going for you? If you change, if you change the concept, <laughs> if you're like, I really like this vacuum. It's amazing. This is the vacuum I've always used. And you look at the floor and you're like, but but it's not vacuuming anything up. Like it's dirty here. Try this Dyson. I don't know. This is one I've always used. You're like, well, that's obvious. Use the better vacuum. Right. But yeah. when it's this, we we also we make it complicated because we're too close to it. So I don't. I don't there's no story. And that's it, especially people are especially susceptible to that right now, Andrew. Oh yeah. Because of the bias of look, but look what I did the last two years. No, you well, don't understand how smart, how smart and good that process was. Because look at the results from the last two years. And yeah. So, two point nine percent. Two point five. Like that's. I mean, heck, just um, just. This, this week as well, we had one of our builders reach out and say, hey, this thing is performing, seems to be performing so well, something might be broken. Can you check? Yeah, which is always a fun email because I'm like, oh, Lord, what happened? <laughs> like, what is going yeah. on? And so we have we full go, faith and trust in everyone on the team. Right. But, but we go in and like, we look and we realize that it is just doing that much better. And there, there's yeah. a couple bigger case reasons why that might be happening. But one of them was, you know, Sarah on our team said, Oh, that's because we started changing, you know, a certain percentage of their ads to this format. And then we started rolling that out more and more and more. And that seems to be one of the biggest contributing factors. So even that, that's, Pretty I think, cool. why we struggle with this to be transparent to everyone else. It's because we looked at that and we didn't think to ourselves, oh, but gosh, that may be harder or different or that's not how we've done it. It's just this initial reaction from the whole group is like, awesome, well, that's better. Well, let's do that yeah, I <laughs> everywhere. Think, yeah, we don't really have an emotional attachment to any anything thinking about that. Like, we're, I don't think I've ever had the conversation with you, Kevin, as far as like, well, that's the way we've done it, Andrew. So that's what we're doing. No, like, that's, that's you've never, never <laughs> spoken to me like, well, one like that with that tone as far no, that as that sounds like, fun, though. Thanks, Dad. Like, cool. I'm going to sit in the corner. I'm grounded, which that's which is amazing. I, I definitely appreciate that because yeah. my boss is like that. Even cool. as much as I joke about billboards being evil. And for those of you who may be new here. The context around that comes from the fact that most people who do billboards don't know how to negotiate or what a billboard is worth. And so when you see a yeah. line item of $20,000 a month going to billboards mm -hmm. and the builder is at the same time saying, we don't have enough to do search ads all the time. Can you please just run search ads on the first and third week of every month? I'm like, wait, no, but, but there's people who do searches the second week. I know, but we have to pay for this billboard. So billboards were the easiest way to illustrate to folks that there's things in their budget that they're, they're spending on money on that is not just in and of itself, you might be able to, to make an argument or convince someone, uh, not me, that those billboards are amazing and worth the cost. But there's opportunity cost as well as the actual cost. There's the money. And then there's what else could you be doing with that money if you weren't doing it, those billboards. And so that's why we railed and talked about billboards nonstop because that's something that builders used to have an, an unhealthy obsession with. And I like to take a little bit of credit that I think I killed most of that. 
Good. over the last eight years. I'd like you to have all the credit on that. That being said, if you are able to negotiate a great price on a billboard in the right location to get the right result that you are looking for, like a turn left here or you know, whatever, as long as, as long as the price and the, and the results are in line and it's not preventing you from doing something else, go get yourself a billboard. Would you say, I always do this. I'm like, would you say Kevin? And it's like, put you on the spot. I feel like a on your lot builder in a more rural area like that would be effective, more effective. Yeah. But it'd be a lower, it'd be lower cost. But like if people on average right, have 20, uh, right. 20 acre parcels or whatever, like it seems very circumstantial compared but, to like but your qualification that you added on that in terms yeah, of it depends on what you, what you paid. That is the key. That's the key. It depends on what you Because you can't determine, how can you say something is effective or not no when you're not factoring in what it costs? Right. Yep. You know, so that, yes, absolutely. That could be great, but not if it's too expensive and not if it's preventing yeah. you from doing something else that would be even better. Yeah. And I'm that's a like constantly a, changing oh, yeah. thing too, by the way. It has to constantly be reevaluated. I think Definitely. billboards have only worked on me when it's like, get off on this exit and go get some ice cream or yeah. this Starbucks 24 like, seven and you're yeah. on the interstate. You're like, yes, please. I'm going. Yeah. I didn't know that was mm -hmm. there. And I can't look it up right now because I'm going yeah. 76 miles an hour down the interstate. And let's just play the billboard game out to its mm -hmm. let's play it entirety. Um, there has been instances where there's a, a, a second home vacation home town and okay. it's, you know, hours away from another major city. And so can you predictably say that most of the people driving on that route at certain times of the year are doing so to go on vacation themselves or to visit someone? So like St. George from Salt Lake City or something. You picked up I'm what just I was guessing. putting down. That's okay, well, I just, I'm like, yes. that's the one I really know. There's one interstate. <laughs> like it, that's one road. I Everyone in Utah there. loves their billboards too, by the way. So oh, shout well, out to hilarious. Utah billboard I have companies no everywhere. Real story to attach that. You want to make some cash on a billboard company in Utah. Um, but yeah, so, so that, that might make sense. And yet again, when you total up the, the dollars and you think about what could you do digitally with those same dollars, it's hard for me to believe that unless again, you negotiated really well, that you couldn't get more, a, a bigger result because there's also when they, when they tell you how many people look at that billboard, how many of those people who are looking at that billboard are also in the market to purchase a second or home or vacation home? That's true. You know, I, I figured out the hack on this. All of those billboards on the way to Hilton Head Island, if they existed, would fascinate my family. Ooh, yeah. Let's live in Hilton Head. Wouldn't that be awesome? Mm -hmm. And yet, we're at the moment, and for the foreseeable future, we have 0% likelihood of purchasing anything in Hilton yeah. Head Island. I think the hack is you own the billboard company and you own the land. Like, and then you... It's <laughs> there like, have been yep, a few situations where... You have a duplex. Where, you rent the one next door. You own the... There yeah. you go. Now your billboards are free. We... we when I was at Miranda, we had a townhome project that um, there was an existing billboard pole, whatever, already there. And when we took over the, the property, we just were able to put whatever we wanted on there because yeah. the lease agreement with the billboard company expired when we took ownership. So nice. Free billboard, sort yeah. of. Sometimes. I just think about the new billboards that are digital and they're constantly changing to others. It's like, yeah. what are the chances that? an actual potential buyer is driving by and happens to catch it at the right time, can get the information that they need and get it out and onto their phone in time. I just, yeah. It's I'm like, what's that bow fishing where you're fishing with a bow and arrow and you're just like shooting randomly. I'm gonna get a fish. I'm gonna get a fish. <laughs> That's how they bow fish in Florida right. anyway. I don't know. Well, I think there's, I've got Chase's had have done that. Jesse, right. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> See, it's a, it's a thing. There's who would be listening to it. <laughs> to this page, I think. Yeah, you've done that, I'm sure. That page for sure. Yeah. Well, this episode brought to you by billboards, billboards, <laughs> and bow fishing. <laughs> My story time. I don't. I, there's so many different places I could go, but I, I just think this is a time. I've said this before in different ways, but this is a time to to stay focused on what your core role is, and then to the extent that you have the ability to to invest more time and energy to how you can help, and this is very specific, the highest level individual within your sphere of influence. Meaning, you know, I could have, when I was at Heartland, I could have gone over to Kim, who ran our accounting and accounts payable, whose office is right next to mine. I could have said, hey, Kim, um, anything I can do for you? Can I help you out? Right? And that would be nice. But for the, the builder and for me, the best thing to do was to, to be able to interact with the company president and say, 
what, what are the pain points? Tell me what, you know, if you, and we use this sometimes with our builders, if you had a magic wand, what would you make go away or, or improve or do better? And just don't be afraid to have those conversations. A lot of times when, when people feel like sales are not there and maybe, you know, not everyone in the company understands what, when the revenue comes in and are we making money, are we not making money? And in a home building company, as soon as sales stop happening, lots of whispers start happening in the hallway. And we used to, like even myself in 2007, 2008, I think I said this before, when there was a time period where we got some shipment of terrible toilet paper. It was like, you know, just whatever they would use in a third world country, they would maybe not like even be willing to use this toilet paper. And so just that, hitting all the restrooms there this went around like wildfire like we this company is about to go out because holy cow, we can't even anymore. afford like decent toilet paper anymore we've got to have sandpaper stuff brought in so people start bringing their own sometimes and all that they'd shrink back from interacting with people at higher levels because the the fear is that every interaction could be the one that gets you fired or them realizing that maybe you're you don't need to be be here i don't know what it is but i yeah so what do you do here people are already scared sometimes to interact with the boss but interact with the boss more not less that's that's my yeah. short and sweet recommendation interact with the boss more not less do not hide even if you work from home you got to find ways to to stay connected and interact more goes back to that whole like when you're in the foxhole with somebody if you didn't interact with them and you you know you just focused on what you needed to do to survive it's not going to go as well as if you you know developed a a closer bond for Mm -hmm. sure makes sense makes sense and go get a billboard that was the other (laughs) recommendation (laughs) (laughs) actually in our budget files which i put in the all access dyc all access um community I put in all three budget files. I renamed uh, one of them from print, I think, to print and direct mail. Uh, because in limited quantities and very strategically, direct mail does make sense. Uh, not in, right now in, in a with Dell elections. Market. Oh, I yeah, like maybe 12, not. And maybe I'm just like, elections. this whole thing's a pile of garbage. Yeah. Is there an election? Out. I don't know. I block all that stuff. Something. I don't pay attention to it. Turn the news off. You'll be happier. And now. That's my advice. <laughs> a quick word from our supporting <laughs> partner, Open Door. Connect your customer with Open Door and they'll get a preliminary offer on their home within minutes. They close on their home and you close a sale. Plus, you can track the entire process with ease by using your personal customer referral link. Go to opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with Open Door. And again, uh, boomers who are trading down, so they're right sizing or downsizing this is really the only thing they have to be concerned about because they're more than likely going to be paying cash or mostly cash. So interest rates don't have as much of an impact, but one of their biggest concerns is I got to sell my existing house. Rates are high and I really truly refuse to move twice. I'm only moving once. And so if there's no certainty as to when my house is going to be sold and when I can move into my new house, I don't know about this process. So open door is a great option to help with that. Yeah, All right. First up to explore. On the news, are you spamming your customers? And this, I believe, is the first blog post written by our very own Amanda Martin, who's been on the team for years. She's been our secret weapon, our ninja of all things lasso and online sales. But she's stepped out from behind the curtain and wrote her first blog post with a video. Just sit there and watch the video when you're feeling down. And you just, oh yeah, she's like, so like, like oh, oh boy, I'm just smiles. like, it's like osmosis through the computer. Like, right. Yeah. Okay. I'm good now. Like, yeah. I don't know what so, she's smiling for, but it's great. Like, this I love it. And in that two minute roughly video, she explains how to do something incredibly important so that you are not spamming customers with what you're telling them, but spamming them in what way, Jesse? Yeah. So recently, I mean, you guys can probably speak on this more than I can, but the regulation on calls going out to customers and uh, spam uh, likely coming up on your phone. This was direction directly from a call rail rep actually that said, hey, you have to register all of your call rail numbers as a, with the carrier, you know, Verizon, T-Mobile, all the major carriers, you have to register each of your numbers that you're calling outbound with and let them know like, hey, I am a real person. Remove me from your potential spam list. Because every time we're doing, you know, we have to increase our outbound calls now to get engagement because the fear is higher. 
And now if it says potential spam, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. So Amanda did some digging and she did step-by-step directions on just how to do that. So if you have call rail or any other call tracking system, it's super important to do that. Yes. And Perfect. then this little hack makes sure that when you call through, it it doesn't say likely spam. Yeah. yeah. Or what's, um? I feel like sometimes it silences it. Like it's like silenced. It, it can't auto silence. Um, yeah. It's been is, on your carrier and your settings. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. me. Verizon. I'm yeah. like, thank you. Cause I don't want to answer the phone. Yeah. There's um, <laughs> something even more neat that we've been trying recently in online sales. So we said, you know, add texting, add texting, add texting, 98% of texts are read, yep. add it in. And so it was okay. Piggyback off of your call. So if you leave a voicemail, they hear your voice, they see your number, then they see a text. And they're, you know, making all of the dots connect. But recently we said, why don't you go ahead and try texting beforehand? So new lead comes in, we send out a rapid template text, add anything specific in there. And that says, Hey, it's Jesse with do you convert? I'm going to be calling you in just a few minutes. If texting is easier for you, feel free to send me a quick reply. And all the introverts in the house pull out their phone (laughs) and they start texting. So we don't care. Yeah. How we're engaging with them. Terrifying. So long as we're engaging. Yeah. And then also when you do make the outbound call, it says maybe Jesse. Yeah. So it's again, always, always use those silly algorithms to your advantage. Mm -hmm. The algorithm in your phone that looks at that number and then can read, scan the the text in your message and guess that it's Jesse Suggs from, do you convert who might be calling? Yeah. That's, that's what you want to take advantage. I got a, I signed up for a coupon this morning because I got, I got marketed to. And they sent me the, so sent a text to get the coupon and then it sent their contact info so I could save their number in my phone from them. I've never seen that before. I just might be hmm. new to it. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't sign up, to, but I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah. Like they shared their contact somehow. Cool. Yeah. Weird. Next up from Builder Online. Home buyer perception of housing availability actually improved in the third quarter. The share of home buyers expecting the home search process to get easier improved during the quarter, while the share expecting the process to get harder declined significantly. So this is not necessarily good news for home builders. And we also can look uh, together at the charts here from NHB's uh, site as well. But you can see that uh, 37% now up from a low of 17% think that it's going to be easier to buy in months ahead and harder about the same has dropped to 59% from 74% uh, just a couple quarters ago. So I think that's interesting. And we see that in the website traffic. I think some of the really sarcastic snarky folks, they've responded back to me that the only reason website traffic is high on builders websites is they're just watching the prices fall and they keep coming back. No one cares that much. That no, like no. buyers don't care. That much. <laughs> they don't even know what the price was before. Like, also, just the amount of things happening in your life mean that you probably aren't likely to be able to no. do that consistently anyway. I think people are going to be in Christmas shopping mode. Yeah, like in the next week. Yeah. So then, why, other than advertising again, is there so much website traffic happening for home builders? And to me, it's that you know, 30, almost 40% think that it's about to become much easier to buy a home easier and affordable, but easier compared to, again, just think about a normal average person who went and tried to shop for a home in the middle of 2021. That's Mm -hmm. who we're talking about. Yeah. And all the headlines they saw, like all the craziness and the experience of maybe trying it for two weeks, Andrew, just being like, Oh heck no. I'm not searching. Yeah, the house it's like my wife process. on Black Friday. When Black Friday for the Oakleys anyway yeah. first became a thing, it was like, oh, this is fun. Let's just go out and there's it's, it's chaos, whatever. Let's and get then up at four in the morning. And then two, three years into it, it was like, I am not standing in it. I don't care what it is. I'm not standing in any of those lines. No. You don't want to fight over pots and pans anymore. So there's those nothing, people now yeah. are thinking to themselves, well, at least someone will talk to me. At least I can start yeah. to do some actual research that might pay off. And they're back. It's not Black Friday anymore for mm-hmm. homes essentially like the, re- yeah. yeah, the reverse black Friday. Reverse. Well, lenders Monday. are, are looking for traffic as well. So like rocket mortgage put out that commercial recently that says, you know, if you choose us, we'll pay one to one and a half percent of your interest rate for the first year. And then within three years, 
you can, um, you know, get a, if, if the rates go down, you can go ahead and do that for free. And so they're, they're getting more bang for their buck with builder incentives, decreases in pricing, things with lenders. Um, so I think people are just still interested. Yeah. Buying a home will cover 1% of your rate for the first year. Asterisk. Read the fine print. But that's their headline in there. The hero spot on the main banner. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Super cool. Exactly. Uh, hey, also, just a quick update. We talked, I think, on two episodes ago, Andrew, about home builder logos or company logos showing up in search results. And you're starting yeah, to see yeah, that now in the wild. We what did, what are your did. thoughts about how it um, looks? How it I works? think it, so I'll piggyback this to image extensions for Google ads, which if you're not familiar, you could add an image extension and there's like, let's say it's an inch by an inch square, depending on your, your device, your monitor of a picture of a home, whatever you choose, it will sometimes show. This might be, I don't know, quarter of an inch by quarter, not even that big, eighth of an inch. It's the favicon, like the, yeah. if you have your browsers open, the tabs, it's that at the top. I think it's neat. Um, it makes you, it makes me think about like certain builders, like, well, what would their logo look like? Small. Like, is it set up for that? <laughs> and some like that are, so I think I, I shared it in yeah, all point. access. I put KB in there. We built with KB, so I was most familiar with them. And it's very clearly, that's KB's logo. Some other ones are like, what is this cursive kind of, you know, the language because you, you know, graphic design, like kind of emblem type of old school design where it's more like flowy, painty vibes. Yeah. That'll just be like a big mess. So it's like, well, maybe you should think about updating your logo, which goes into perception of the brand. There's all these things that go into that. So maybe that will be a catalyst to, you know, let's update our branding because it's been 45 years, but it's like a neat thing. I don't that will make a difference. Here, a quick, quick hot take from Kevin Oakley. Sure to be controversial. Get the roof line out of your logo. Oh, gosh. Okay, you're next. not a roofing company. <laughs> yes. Build a house. All right. Okay. Sorry. That was just a pit stop, not an actual article, but I just wanted to get your, your yeah. So make, make sure it looks good in, in that format because people are yeah. going to be seeing it. Next up, I'm throwing this one in here. Apple from Glenn Felson's Substack. Apple is entering the prop deck industry and the implications are enormous. Now, when I say that, I'm actually going to hide this because I, I posted this, but I don't think you guys would have necessarily seen where I posted it. When, when you hear that it. Apple is going into the prop tech industry and doing something that might impact real estate, what's your initial reaction as to something that it, they might do? And by the way, it's going to be wrong, but just tell me what it, what it is. Um, <laughs> I just assume it's something to do with search, like finding a home and mm -hmm. your device. Like there's, cause they know where you are all the time. So there's some, I feel like there has to be a connection there with your device. What'd you like say, Jesse? Getting into a home with your device, like having like access a key to get in or something. Ooh, that makes you think, are they mapping the house? Way to go, Jesse. You nailed no it. Yeah, you no. nailed it. Actually, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to join the nerd, the nerd group over here on the marketing side. Um, yeah. yeah so it's all about digital credentials on your phone that give you access to whatever. And so when I first read that article, I, I for th of course thought, well, they're going to, they, they're going to provide some new smart home tech, a new camera, new security feature or something. And I guess security kind of goes into credentials, but the Apple wallet essentially being the place that could hold your key and be able to share access to other, other people. There's two different technologies, BLE and NFC. And you can read in the article more about that, but the Apple yeah. wallet and the opportunity to be in high net worth individuals with Apple is well known as being owned by people who tend to have higher incomes than Android devices. And so, you know, you think about rental, hotel, home, Airbnb, all that stuff. Um, kind of, kind of what they're trying to do with other things They they create this ultra secure environment that they control. And then they can sell access to that to other people, but they mm -hmm. end up, you know, being the, the platform of choice. And this isn't new yeah. technology. No. Nope. Like I use it to get into one of the gyms. It's, it's an app on your phone. It's called open path. I walk up to the door beep, on my phone, but this seems like it could be with it. Yeah. There's a lot of security things I'm thinking about. Like, well, if someone steals your phone, did they get into your house? Yeah, well, they still have they'd have to know your password, have your face yeah. ID, your biometrics, right? Because it's still going to check that, just like you do when you use Apple Pay. 
Yeah. They're not going on a shopping spree necessarily just because they have your phone. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not just it's not not just having NFC in it. It's NFC that then is unlocked by your then authenticated bi- biometric. Yeah. I'm down for it. Let's do it. Another really interesting article. This one, if I was going to assign must read homework, which sometimes I do, it would be this one uh, from Digi oh, Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marketers continue to chase authenticity, but what is it? Cool. And um, try to condense it so we can just have a, a conversation. But they, they use the word authentic in uh, parentheses because at the end of the day, your authentic self, and this between my conversation with Jeff on this topic about when is too much transparency a bad thing. Um, my analogy of if you were ultra transparent with your spouse or significant other, when you first met them, would they still be your spouse or significant other? If you just said all the bad stuff up front. So there, there has to be something else that plays into this. And essentially what the article summarizes is that when people say you need to be authentic online, what they mean is you need to, to create whatever people want to engage with. And that will be different by platform. So their example of the way to be authentic, in air quotes on TikTok, is to create content that fits within the For You page. When you load the app and it just starts playing videos, it might be very authentic, but if it feels out of place in terms of the type of content that typically is in that spot, it will feel inauthentic. But it's not, it's not authenticity about who you, who is the real you let the real you show. Yeah. I I was reading this and and the part that stood out to me said, in short, being authentic becomes a catch all term for the best most engaging content. (laughs) And I, of course, I'm going to bring in the online side of things. And like when we talk to customers and we're saying, okay, be more human centered, be more, you know, how do you provide value? And it's not looking professional all the time. It's giving them some piece of action item, some piece of homework that then could help them further along in their process. And that is the most engaging for our customers when they are just in the shopping phase of like, okay, what's next for me? What can you tell me that positions you as the expert? And so when we think of authentic, we don't think of necessarily what we're sending them. And that should be, in my opinion, what we focus on. Yeah. Good, Andrew. Ooh. I was going to say, do, I'm trying to find this piece of content. It was Ideal Homes, that Halloween video. Mm-hmm. where someone was, So, okay, that video was not selling anything. It was authentic. Yeah. Right? So what was happening people, is someone was dressed up in a costume. And as the, I think the sales team was demoing a home and it's part of a sales meeting or trial test, something or other, they were hopping out and scaring people. Yes. And it was like, it wasn't, I mean, they obviously went like, oh, we got this idea. We're going to do it. It wasn't, um. What's Gary V had this, Gary Vanderchuk had that phrase back years document, ago. Document, don't create. Document, yeah, document, don't create. They obviously planned this, but the people didn't know they were being scared. And so you watch it, you're like, oh, this is, these are real people. This is actually what's yeah. going on. That doesn't sell homes, but it does build as far as like, oh, they're real, they're real. And then if you compare that to, let's say you're you're on your feed, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, you see that video, you're like, oh, that's cool. And you see the houses in the background that they're in. So it is kind of selling. And then the next video is like, Hi, this is Andrew with Ideal Homes. Would you like a new home today? Like, no, they don't want that. They don't want to watch. They want to watch something authentic. So I think to me, that's what I see. Yeah. But are builders going to do that? Because it's, I don't know. Well, and on and the I non-humor think, side, like that type of content, like it's challenging. I think the interesting question is, so that that piece of, of content feels authentic on October 29th, 30th, and 31st. Mm-hmm. Come November 24th, if that shows up in my feed, it is not authentic anymore. So yeah, I think that's where, you know, you, you kind of have to p- playing with trends or memes yeah. or seasonality, anything like when you, I know there are some of you who are really sad, like really sad. You want to cry, curl up into a ball. When do you convert does not wish you thank happy Thanksgiving on our Facebook and Instagram oh, pages. Like a, uh, I know a it's like very, you're, we're, we're an integral part of your life. You, you, you spend time with us in your ears from us and, you and on live streams. And then we don't even say happy Thanksgiving to you so with rude. a generic clip art piece of imagery. Right? So <laughs> I'm sorry for that, but we're not going to do it. 
because we want to spend our time making content that is yeah. is both real and, and so i, I would I, even can i piggyback on that one yeah, i would sure. even say if if you're like hey let's guys let's make like a recipe video of all of us like doing a recipe for thanksgiving i would even say that'd be very hard to get authentic for us to do convert even though it's like andrew in the kitchen cooking kevin in the kitchen doing cooking whatever like that could still feel like artificial because on this i think this is the point of the article and the point it's authenticity from the standpoint of the viewer that matters, not right. me, Kevin, on this side. Even though that makes me sad because everything I do, I try to figure out how can it be the, the most authentic, helpful version of, of me. So I hate the fact that that's reality. But to your point, Andrew, when people see my face, they're not, they're not expecting nor necessarily wanting cooking recipes. No. Or, or then the placement, this is where like if you're not, on that platform and you're tasked with like, Hey, grow TikTok, grow Instagram. And you're not on those platforms all the time. It just won't work. Like if you randomly did a story of you doing something with waffles, to me, that'd be very authentic. If mm -hmm. we created a mashup video of the whole team making our favorite Thanksgiving recipes, not authentic. Like it's, for that clarification, feels like if you see a video of me eating waffles, eating something, waffles, it's a waffles. sign for help. I'm actually trapped yeah. in a He's basement trapped. somewhere. Come find me. Now yeah, know. I, I know now what you're know. saying. Yeah, it's yeah, which is some people listening are like totally get you. Andrew, others are like, this dude's crazy. What's he talking about here? But it's yeah, it's it's hard. I, but I think you have to be on the platforms to understand mm -hmm. and actually implement it. Yeah, which is why you know we don't have to link to it or be overly descriptive if you want to keep it private. Because I, I I I have a burner account of my own, but you've got a separate Instagram profile where you're constantly yeah. documenting what you're doing. Uh, for bodybuilding yeah. and sometimes that bleeds over, but yeah. it's, it's still like the, the frequency of that is not what the rest of your audience would, would, they're not the reason they're showing up to your. Correct. I have, I have my, the ad doctor, which is like family business. And then I have my Andrew Peak training, which is just the gym, which to me that is, I don't I'm like, cool. I look good there. I'm doing weight, whatever. And it's, I don't even think about it. It just goes up. There's no resistance it's a vlog basically it's it's essentially a vlog yeah and, mm -hmm. it, and it fits the other one like i'm like okay well these people don't want to see me doing that all the time but if they choose to follow that one cool and and those there's like no followers on there but those are people i know so it is kind of authentic feeling. and if you're thinking all of this is just too much finally from arstechnica.com pantone wants 15 dollars a month for the privilege of using their colors in photoshop not their for those, colors, but their defined colors. For those that are not well-versed can you help the rest yeah. of the world with Pantones? And the, why would you have these cards on your desk if you're Yeah, so color is relative for everyone, not just for colorblind people or people who, you know, did too many mushrooms. Color, the perception of color is different for everyone. So how do you create a standard when you're talking about, um, I, you know, if you have a, a particular color that is your brand standard color, you have one problem, which is just how do I replicate that color on the thing I use most often? A lot of this started with print materials. So you have coated paper, you have uncoated paper, you have vinyl, you have plastic, you have, and if all these things need to be the same color, Pantone basically is a company that said, here, we are the standard. And when you see something that says this color is this Pantone color in this type of application, you can feel confident talking to someone over the phone and saying, I need a sign that is, you know, meets the specifications. You don't have to wonder if their perception of the color is the same as yours. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for large, large brands or, or just people who really are focused on the branding part, this has been a normal part of their life. I haven't used one of these decks myself in probably nine years, but I used to use them every day. Yeah. I shared an office with a designer and he, that I'm being like, said, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it, has be, it has to be right. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> that being said, charging $15 a month. And by the way, those decks are incredibly expensive because to create them is incredibly expensive because the accuracy needs to be there. Um, and so they're saying, yeah, if you want to start using your continuous Pantone colors in Photoshop, it's going to be $15 a month, which, which Becca on our team, her response was rest in peace, Pantone. Like no one's going to do this. And I think she's right. The majority of the people who have Photoshop installed are not going to pay another yeah. $15 for this because yep. $200 for one of those decks. Heck, like most of the people who are thing. using Photoshop aren't even paying for Photoshop. I mean, if you know, you know, I mean, we, we all do. 
<laughs> but a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of younger people don't pay to, to yeah. use the service at all anyway. So and then kind of along with that, yeah. BBC.com, Elon Musk says that an eight dollar a month fee for Twitter's blue check is coming. I have so, no problem with that. I don't think mm-hmm. most people even and I again I, I enjoy the fact that most of you are not on Twitter because I've I found a lot of good conversations can happen there and it's nice to be in a, a little bit of a less populated space, but I pay $5 a month right now for Twitter blue and they're saying they're going to make it $8 a month. But the caveat is that, um, you're getting a lot more than you are currently getting. So right now all you get for blue is the, a better reader for like threads and longer conversations. You get ad free, reading of articles from select publications. Um, it's worth and, the $5 and an undo button. So now you can edit your tweets or, um, it'll delay sending yeah. them out. You can undo them. So there's some new features that were added in, but one of the things that's going to happen now is when you get verified, um, let's say that I wanted to interact with someone that is well-known. Well, right now, the second a well-known individual puts a tweet out, there's 2000 bots of their face in different distorted images and memes and whatever else. And so there's no easy way for that person to filter out who is an actual human wanting to have a real conversation. The blue check mark will get you to the front of the line basically. And all of that stuff will be pushed down below. Um, and when you, when you make a tweet, then distribution will be um, at maximum. And if you're an unverified individual, your content just doesn't make its way through the interwebs as fast. So I'm all about it. We'll continue to talk about Twitter on the show only to the extent that it matters to builders. For now, Twitter is still a place where people go to complain about you and request customer service for the most part as a home builder. But Elon has big plans for what he would like to do with the platform. So we'll keep an eye on that for all of you and let you know if something changes. I feel like any complaining is just because they have something against Elon for some reason. Yeah. It's like, get on out of here. But there's this quote in here. Power to the people blue for eight dollars a month. The billionaire said on Twitter, criticizing old method of blue tick verification as a lords and peasants system as far as who is worthy of the blue check. And if you mm-hmm. get the blue check, you're better. You're better than. Um, yeah. And even I I actually think that if this does work, it's going to start to affect other social networks pretty quickly. Because yeah. like my friend Sean Carpenter, I feel like the poor guy spends half of his digital yeah, life saying, Hey, this person's impersonating me, stole all my imagery. Think about all the times that, you know, your great aunt sends you a third or fourth friend request and it's a fake account. And you already see that other family members have fallen for it. Don't click links. That you yeah. don't. <laughs> no, that's called phishing. Don't do phishing. I, I had a spoofing just, call from Ron DeSantis the other day. <laughs> like, isn't obviously not Ron. I know there are use cases and instances where we still need an, an- anonymity, but the majority of online interactions I believe would be significantly better if we knew who people were. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think, I think Elon's quest to try to find a way to uh, allow both to, to coexist, but for one to get greater distribution. So if you're anonymous, you just by default get less distribution unless it truly becomes kind of a thing in and of itself. Yeah. There's something that's pretty intriguing about that to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, wrapping up with current favorites, which can be anything again, Jesse, what do you got? Oh, I have two. I have one that's pricey and has nothing to do with anything. And then one that is pretty cheap. So it's hunting season to all the country people out there. And so I do not go out there, but my husband does and Mm -hmm. hand warmers you know, yeah. the ones that you would pop and you'd yeah. shake and they'd get cold within an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Now there are electric hand warmers that you just charge and put in your pocket. Oh, nice. And it has pop-offs that come out of it that you can charge your phone. It has a flashlight on it. Oh, wow. So that one was really neat uh, little thing. We that... need you to add that to the DYC holiday yeah. guide. Okay, I will. Yeah, sure. I, I don't think my husband listens to this, but that's one of his first <laughs> And then my pricey one, which wasn't very pricey to me because I got it on Facebook Marketplace, is the Peloton treadmill. Okay. Oh, really? They're on sale, like cheap? Yeah, used, compared cheaper? to what they, yeah. Right. yeah. 
local. I mean, I don't think anybody really ever actually sells them, but this woman had used it three times and I guess she's like, it's collecting dust. I hope somebody else can get good use out of it. So I bought it. And first of all, they're about a million pounds. So you better be strong already (laughs) and be fit to get it in here in your house. And, uh, it's really hard. It doesn't fit in a normal door frame. So if you get it already assembled, good luck. And it's just been amazing. But amid everything going on with Peloton, I'm like, did I buy it at a right time at the right time? Cause now they're, you know, selling Pelotons and Dick's Sporting Goods on Amazon. Um, but that's my, my pricey favorite thing right now. Okay. Andrew, I'll do the same thing. Um, well, sort of. So Hulu, usually I'm not a fan of, but we're like on a string of like, we're just going Hulu show to Hulu show. Kids go to bed. It's like 930, put on something pretty much fall asleep to it. So we're watching nine perfect strangers. Is anyone y'all watching this? Mm-mm. I don't know why I picked these weird obscure shows, but I mean, it's in like the top, whatever, but it's these people, the problems, they go to this wellness resort and essentially she's drugging them to correct them, which mm. is Nicole Kidman. It's the main person. Yeah. So it's, it's, you're like, what is happening in the show? Like this is whack. And then while watching that show, everything rice cakes, they only sell them at target. They taste amazing. You can put peanut butter on them or whatever. Like it's like everything seasoning. Yeah. Like everything, like an everything oh, bagel, okay. uh-huh. but put it into like, it's a rice cake. They're amazing. I've only seen them at target. And while you're at target, I was talking to Bryce earlier because we're planning snacks and things for the market proof marketing Academy. We're like, all right, what do we get? What do we get? And she's like, Oh, get this type of stuff. I'm like, Oh, have you seen the trail mix section at target? She's like, no. Like, is it good? I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. It is 10 out of 10. There's like 50. Different ones. You have like the hippie stuff, you know, say like um, pistachios and all the dried apricots or something. Like, who wants that? Really? No one wants it. You want the other end. Everyone wants pistachios? it. Pistachios? Right? You don't want pistachios? Oh, I like pistachios. I have, I have a standing like rule. If I see anything on a dessert menu at any restaurant that has pistachios yeah. in it, I order it. Oh, I'll eat it. Like pistachio muffins, amazing. Or if you get more, my neighbor's Turkish. He does not like Greek people. If you know Turkish, like they don't get along. What? Greek, oh. Greek baklava <laughs> is more honey based. Turkish baklava is very pistachio based. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. But you, so on the, the trail mix section, you have like all the quote hippie stuff for people to go back backpacking and things like that. The other end is like Reese's with chocolate chips, peanut butter chips, Heath bar. Like it's like all bag of candy. It's a bag of candy. (laughs) That's a bag of candy mixed up together. Peanut butter monster, like crazy funny name. So there you go. So get your rice cakes. It's all in the same way. Get your rice cakes, get your peanut butter, get your trail mix, get your pistachios. And watch some weird shows with me on Hulu. <laughs> Random thing real quick. I heard that in the United States for Halloween, we buy over 200 million pounds of candy. And wow. I that just blew my mind. I'm like, where does it go? I mean, well, I have like ask our doctors, we know where it goes. But yeah, yeah. it's that's Side crazy. note, we always have candy in the house. And so our, our kids, our three kids, they don't get excited about it. So there's no Halloween binge of candy from them. They didn't sit there and obsess over it. Like they just leave it places. I'm like, what are you guys doing with this? The dogs are going to get it. I don't know. Like, I don't really, I don't know. It's just I had to it's trade interesting mine. thing. I could keep yeah. mine or I could pick like five pieces and then get a toy. Um, and what kid we'll doesn't want a toy and I would candy? trade with my brother. I'm like, okay, give me the Reese's. I'll give you that. That's a good okay. idea. Jesse. Yeah. Trade yeah. it in. We just throw our kids candy away. <laughs> yeah. Eventually. Just, legit. It it's trained like, us to not be obsessed with that type of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they don't even eat that much of it, at least in our house. Cause or you give it to the firemen, there. which, but th- they don't need more. I mean, firemen or, or teachers, preschool, like they use it for the like potty training, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. What are your favorite things here, Kevin? Oh, gosh. I'm going to give you a couple of my favorite podcasts that are not anything to do with home building. And I, I always do this stuff with some trepidation because they're also a source of inspiration for me. So one of my favorite podcasts is a show called the all in podcast. It has uh, four, three, three, two billionaires. One guy is worth a lot of money and one guy who's uh, the moderator and um, well, well connected and a, and a big angel investor. But um, if you ever heard the phrase that, you know, if you, if you want to be like someone, hang out with them. And I, I don't, in this case, I don't, that doesn't even really apply. Kind of forget that I said that, but that, that was why I first started listening to it. I, I don't want to be like any of these people because they're very, well, three of the four are very money focused. Like all that matters is money, but they're Maybe incredibly wanna, intelligent people. You want to understand run, how they think? 
Yeah, just just how they process information, how they think, and so you'll you will learn a lot of interesting things about um, just how people who don't feel restrictive about resources view different opportunities. Again, not all good, and and not that you want to try to emulate them exactly. In in my opinion, but um, definitely different than the people I typically would would hang out with, um, and. Then on the other end of the spectrum, well, kind of similar, um, I guess. Panic with friends is another one. Howard Lindzen, um, he's a he's also a famous investor. And what the reason I I do some investing, but I think what's really interesting about people who do angel investing, invest in startups, etc., is they by definition have to be thinking about what is coming in the future. And that's the more interesting part to me is like, how did you decide that that was a product that was worth you putting millions of dollars into or that this company had a path to be successful? Uh, like the, the Vesta board behind me is one example of a product that Howard invested in. It's not a big moneymaker. That's the little flipboard thing behind me in, in the videos. He's like, I just, that's one of the, uh, most of the things I have these very critical things that must happen in order for me to make an investment. And this one, I just got in the elevator with this guy and he started telling me about it. And I thought that sounds awesome. And I'm in. <laughs> it's like it was, it was just a pure like joy moment of I want that in my life. I want the world to have that. Let's let's figure out a way to make it an actual product. Um, so those are just two things outside the industry that you'll you'll hear things and you know you, a lot of people will talk about you need to pay attention outside of the industry. That's it is true, and I, and I do that, but it has nothing to do with things that are directly related or or anywhere close to our industry. Meaning, like if you were a recruiter for a home builder, to me, listening to recruiters at automobile companies or whatever is not really what I'm describing as listen outside of the industry. Like it's no. it's tangential. Like if I was listening to how how do marketers or advertisers think, that's it's not actually new or different enough for me to be able to make a brand new connection between two new ideas, which is what gets me excited or two, two existing ideas. So I like to listen to something that's kind of completely different and try to find ways that that helps me to think uh, mm -hmm. differently. I don't know why I was expecting something like totally obscure. Like I'm going to say the name, Jesse, I feel like you'll know it. Kevin, I don't, Theo, Theo Vaughn, like some off the wall. Mm. Oh, this is embarrassing. Well, I'll send a link afterwards. <laughs> it's not appropriate for this, but he's like all over younger guy. Hilarious. He, you're like, this guy's nuts. Oh, okay. But, like yeah, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I like to surround myself with people. Like you say, be like around people that you want to be like, which makes total sense. But at the same time, I like to be around people like my friend group specifically that are totally nothing like me mm. because I get to just like you said, Kevin, yeah. learn why they think the way that they think and kind of rationalize yeah. how I'm not the only one that has an opinion. I, it's I just neat. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think podcasts are a particularly same. great way to do that too, because mm -hmm you're hanging out with someone who's not like you and that's okay because you're just listening. But, but the format, I, I don't listen to any podcasts that are less than like 45 minutes an episode, because to me, there's just not, if I wanted the quick take, I'd go on YouTube shorts or YouTube, you know, so somewhere else. I want to hear a more in-depth nuanced conversation. And so hanging out with people yeah. who aren't like you, even if you don't want to be like them, I, I think is, is, is a good use of yeah. your time. I think we all kind of crave that as far as something different from our normal. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then the other just fun, to life. totally fun one is welcome to Wrexham. I started watching that show. I'm on, I just finished uh, episode two, but it's like Ted Lasso in real life. Uh, pretty funny, some foul oh. language, but it's the Ryan Reynolds. Um, it's I also on Hulu that. in the U S it's on Netflix in Australia, I think, or some, or Disney plus on, in Australia for our Australian listeners. Now, you know, <laughs> got a few. I'm on a, the mole, the whatever show where they try and figure out who the mole is. Oh, I uh -huh. is that like still a, around? It, it just came back out. Oh, uh, wow. I just started watching it and I'm like, I'm not a TV or a movie person for anybody who doesn't know me like at all. Like there have been months that I, I didn't turn my TV <laughs> on and it has my attention. That's it's funny. Like kind of a little creepy and fun. So yeah, we, need, we all need some escapism. Yeah. To quote Gary Vaynerchuk again. Well, those are a few of our favorite things. We also, in DYC All Access, are starting to crowdsource a holiday gift guide, which will be out shortly, but we already have, I don't know, 20 different uh, long list. things. Very varied. 
all over the board. Uh, feel free to go in there, link in the show notes to submit your own ideas. Thanks for listening. Be sure to send in your industry-related questions to show at youconvert.com and we'll touch on them in our next episode. We'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. Marketproof Marketing is proudly supported by Opendoor. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Opendoor to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peake, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.